0: Welcome back to New World. Next week, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I'm James Evan Palato from MediaMonarchy.com. We remain absolutely determined to secure a competitive future. We've got that story plus Coof's dead. Long live the Coof world order. But first, man, James, that Nord pipeline between Russia and Germany that we mentioned two weeks ago sure got scuttled as we said it might, and here we are now. Seven fake news stories coming out of Ukraine. Less than now, two weeks. A lot happens when we take a week off, James. Less than two weeks into Russia's military operation in Ukraine, and the propaganda cogs are whirring as fast as lightning, churning out news, opinion, and of course just content grist for the media mill. Dozens of stories, images, narratives, and videos have circulated as being taken from the fighting in Ukraine, a huge percentage of which are fake some of it, of course, and this is why I think the sort of the fog of war, it's the perfect who knows what's going which is why it's, I think, smart. I was talking about a friend with this. Maybe it's smart for folks like us to maybe not wade headlong into this when we know very next to nothing about what's actually going on. But, of course, some of it could be misunderstandings, mistaken identity, misattribution, but many are most likely deliberate deceptions designed to to provoke a response. The real action is in the reaction, as they say. I'll briefly do the hit list, and James, you can kind of hone in on your favorite lowlights. Number one, the Ghost of Kiev. It was reported that a single Ukrainian plane was patrolling the skies above Kiev. The English press called the unnamed pilot the Ghost of Kiev and claimed he had downed six Russian jets in air-to-air, air-to-combat come less than two days. No evidence any of this happened at all. Newsweek themselves, quote, there is zero evidence the ghost of Kiev exists. Number two, pretty similar, Russian planes flying over Kiev. A lot of people sharing a short video of Russian planes allegedly flying low over the city of Kiev. The Times used it as a still in their story. Will sanctions stop a Russian shell? The problem is, it's not Kiev. It's Moscow. It's two years ago, and it's footage, of what is likely probably rehearsal for their 2020 victory parade flyovers. Number three, Zelensky visiting the troops. Possibly, no politician in history has had a PR makeover quite as fast as Vladimir Zelensky. James, did he play Havanagila with his genitals on a show? Okay, just, just, just double checking. Last week, just just some guy. This week, he is a war hero. Twitter filled with people sharing photos of him in combat fatigues, but the problem is that photo is almost a year old when he actually did visit the troops last April, 2021. Number four, Luhansk power station explosion. Early on, this video went viral. Major news networks used it, all claiming it shows a power station in Luhansk exploding after being hit with Russian missiles. It does not. It's a chemical plant exploding in China in 2015. Number five, video games again. More footage claiming to show Ukrainian ground forces downing Russian aircraft, even appearing on Spanish news. It's from a video game called Arma 3. That's a pretty good one. Number six, Russian warship go F yourself allegedly leaked audio has Ukrainian border guards communicating with a Russian warship being told to surrender. And the guards say, Russian warship, go F yourself. Western press reported, of course, all 13 immediately murdered. However, Russia reports they weren't murdered. They were taken alive. They were unharmed and sent back to the mainland. A story both the Ukrainian government and the press have had to admit is probably true. Number seven on the list, Syrian drone strikes footage, another video doing the rounds. And again, shared by official Ukrainian accounts, drone footage supposedly showing the destruction of a column of Russian vehicles. It's footage of a Turkish drone strike in Syria from 2020. Sidebar, I learned this from our buddy, Last American Vagabond. Israel's using this, of course, as cover to bomb Syria while nobody's looking, of course, since Trump isn't around at the moment to bomb Syria for them. Meanwhile, other accounts sharing footage of combat from Libya or Israeli bombardments of Gaza under the hashtag StandWithUkraine. And it is a horrible, sick kind of irony that so many of the clips prompting outrage in Western liberals actually come from wars their government started. Oh wait, that's Obama's Libyan slave markets you're sharing pictures of, not Ukraine. James, I like the picture of the flaming chaos and violence that says this is Russia bombing Ukraine. Just kidding. It's a peaceful protest in a Democrat city. James.
1: Yes. Uh, what? Fake news stories coming out of an ongoing military situation? Why, I never. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a Tuesday. That's just what happens when... It's not actually Tuesday. That's just an expression. Anyway, that's just what happens when we are uh, in the midst of an ongoing military operation. So rather than going through any of those particular lowlights, why don't I stress another side of this story? Because I will note that... Pretty much anywhere you turn in the so-called quasi-independent alternative media, all you will ever see is, hey, look at these fake news stories coming out of Ukraine about what the Russians are doing to Ukraine, but it's fake, the Russians aren't doing that. And it's all this sort of anti, anti-Ukrainian propaganda uh, against the Ukrainian propaganda. But there's Russian propaganda too. And I don't, I don't never see that being called out. Russia has propaganda that they do actually put out in times of warfare. And I've noticed that the latest trend in uh, alt media circles is to talk about this is all, uh, the whole thing is just an actual secret cover for some uh, super secret military operation to go in and get the bioweapons labs that are connected to Fauci or whatever. And what's your source on this? What is this based on? Unicorn dust and, and uh, rainbow farts or something like that. I mean, it's, totally just making it up off the top of your head, but it sounds cool, so it's probably true. But even beyond that, the demonstrable, truly, really absolute fake news propaganda that's coming out from the Russian propaganda mill. Um, I'll point um, to anti which has a couple of articles up about this that uh, uh, my recent guest Riley Wagman pointed to. There's one, FSB is failing the Russian army state and escalation big time. Uh, It says, imagine deploying a giant and killer military for war, but then your worthless and overpaid spooks can't conjure up a pretext worth a damn. They blew up a car of a police official in what was already a transparent false flag, but being extra cheap, they didn't even use his real car. And they have this tweet um, with the the picture evidence. I kid you not, not only did the separatists in uh, DPR... Uh, pre-record the evacuation videos, but they also didn't want to blow up the DNR militia head's expensive UAZ Patriot so badly they put its number plates on a different old UAZ worth a thousand bucks and they have the pictures of that uh, that operation. Or there's another post, so bad it's good, the flood of F- FSB fakery deserves an Oscar, showing this FSB border post that was brutally attacked by the Ukrainians, which is why part of the reason they have to go in and defend uh, the, the, this area. And it's it's a—it's uh, an outhouse, essentially, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh my God, they've destroyed this super important border post, honest guys. Or the literal hole in the middle of a field, some sort of shell hole in the middle of an empty field that they're saying was this brutal Ukrainian attack and they've got the tape up around it. Oh my God, we will rebuild. Uh, it's just total propaganda, nonsense, fake news on both sides. I trust zero absolutely nothing that is coming out of this ongoing military operation until it's quadruply verified by all parties. It's just all propaganda and nonsense. And the worst part is, is that this type of propaganda always plays into whichever partisan side of this conflict people tend to be on. Oh, look, look at all this Ukrainian propaganda or hey, oh, look, look at all this Russian propaganda. They're the ones that are doing. No, all sides are lying to you because this is yet again, one of these geopolitical conflicts in which the big boys are playing this game with the human chess pieces. The pawns on the board are the Ukrainians, are the Russians, are the people in the Donbass. Those are the pawns on the chessboard. They are happy to send into the meat grinder and grind you up for their purposes and get you to rally around and cheer as it's going on. You are a sucker if you think this is a good thing that is happening right now. It is Not. And I will point in that direction to a Chris Hedges uh, uh, editorial. Russia was baited into war, but that does not absolve its criminal aggression. And he starts by saying preemptive war, whether in Iraq or Ukraine, is a war crime. It does not matter if the war is launched on the basis of lies and fabrications, as was the case in Iraq, or because of the breaking of a series of agreements with Russia, including the promise by Washington not to extend NATO beyond the borders of unified Germany, not to deploy thousands of NATO troops in Eastern Europe, not to meddle in the internal affairs of nations on Russia's border, and the refusal to implement the Minsk Minsk II peace agreement. The invasion of Ukraine would, I expect, never have happened if these promises had been kept. Russia has every right to feel threatened, betrayed, and angry. But to understand is not to condone. The invasion of Ukraine under post-Nuremberg laws is a criminal war of aggression. I know the instrument of war. War is not politics by other means. It is demonic. And then he goes on for several paragraphs talking about his own experience in active war zones, seeing the death, the actual dead bodies, the destruction being held by um, various forces in Nicaragua and Iraq and Saudi secret police and other war zones that he's been in and the horrible things he has seen. And he uh, goes on to say, the primary lesson in war is that we as distinct individuals do not matter. We become numbers, fodder, objects, life. Once precious and sacred becomes meaningless, sacrificed to the insatiable appetite of Mars. No one in wartime is exempt. So anyone who is cheering on these events from any controlled opposition side of, yay, NATO's going in and getting those damn Ruskies, or yay, the you know, mastermind Putin is sticking it to the globalists. No, they are using the pawns on the chessboard for their geopolitical machinations, and we all lose when we play this game.
0: And the masses, what, have gone from clapping for nurses to clapping for Ukraine? Just the, you know, they call the tune, and friends and family all start dancing. I'm sure, James, some of those Ukraine fake news bits might show up uh, in several months on your fake news awards for your 2022 dinos, or things we haven't even seen yet that might make some of those stories we shared look look childish. Uh, I actually played on the stream today one of your latest questions for Corbett episode where you take on our supposed love of Putin. James, we also never talk about Tulsi Gabbard, of course, as a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, except we have when it was important. Uh, those are – these are these are my notes that I just now put down. Those are JFK Jr. unicorn farts, I believe. Is where they're, <laughs> any where day they're now. Any day now, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if I hadn't said, I remember years back – I was in a in a show, in a chat, and they were, This I guess maybe must have been early Q days. And I saw in the chat someone say, oh, da-da-da, it's JFK Jr. And I was like, oh, y- you must mean RFK Jr., right? D- apparently not. That was one of those, you know, it's hard to relive like those deep belly laugh moments. <laughs> it's like, man, I wish I could relive learning that again. Uh, this last week in history was the Reichstag decree, you know, where the Nazis burned down their parliament so they could pass the Patriot Act. I think all of these sorts of events are very important to look at from then to today. Hey, that's how we get going on episode 477 of New World. Next week, now we move to British steel. Britain's steel industry hammered by climate change taxes. We grabbed this from whatsupwiththat.com. I believe it sources originally to The Telegraph. And again, everything we say and play always sourced down in your show notes. Not only do carbon prices push up electricity prices, they're also extremely detrimental to energy-intensive industries such as steel. Crippling climate change levies are forcing Britain's steelmakers to cut production after a doubling in the cost of carbon emissions in just nine months. Record carbon prices are making it all but impossible to increase production competitively once emissions permits have been used as steelmakers struggle to take on producers in less climate-friendly countries. The industry group estimates UK steel it's called costs are increased by 175 pounds for every additional ton of steel produced above their free emission permits equivalent to around 30% of current steel prices globally. However, ministers have refused to intervene to ease the pressure on the steelmakers caused by the sudden and unexpected rise in climate costs. Gareth Stace, general director of UK Steel, said, quote, the problem is so significant that some UK steelmakers are having to curtail production to suit when power prices are low enough to produce profitability. The price of carbon not only drives up the cost of producing steel here in the UK, but also significantly increases the price of electricity. A spokesman for the Department of Business said, quote, we remain absolutely determined to secure a competitive future for our energy-intensive industries. James, this story, I find, just comes along right at the perfect time. It seems to work on the death by climate change narrative sort of level. Oh, I'm sorry, but your father's died of climate change. It works on the, gosh, the supply chain sure is screwed up level. And it, of course, works on the YOLO nothing and they'll be happy level as well. James?
1: Exactly right. Yeah, this touches on so many important agenda items and shows what is being planned for the future. Now, there are, I hope people realize, truly, I, I've said this before, I truly, truly mean this, world historical economic and financial events taking place right now, as a you know, along with everything else. But what we have seen in the past, even just in the past couple of weeks, with regards to the Canadian situation, literally freezing people out of their bank accounts because they donated to the wrong protest movement, and now the delisting of Russia from the entire financial infrastructure is incredible. I mean, breathtakingly amazing what is happening right now, not in. A good way, amazing. But anyway, these are incredible events that truly, I believe, historians of the future will say, if they have to put a date on it, this is the beginning of the end of the world uh, dollar hegemon, the uh, the, the old uh, world reserve currency of the dollar. That was when it when it ended. Because uh, clearly now, Russia, but also China and Iran, and anyone who is not on the inside of the inside of this globalist clique knows that using the dollar, uh, well... Anyway, there's so much to go in with regards to that. So you might think, well, why am I concentrating on this story about British steel? It's because this reveals what the longer term, bigger globalist game plan is really about. The one that the Putins and the Xi Jinpings and everyone are on board with by their documented statements in support of this agenda, which I will have more to say on in the future. But um, what this really reveals is the real game plan for not Net zero. No, no, no. That's chump change. Absolute zero, which was the name of a document that I went through last year that was released by the UK Fires Group. And uh, I will point people to my editorial on that. But in that document, they point to the vision of the future of not a net zero economy, but by 2050, an absolute zero economy. No greenhouse emissions from any industry and they paint the picture of what that will look like. And so they say, for example, all airports in the UK except Heathrow, Glasgow and Belfast will close in the next decade and all air traffic will cease by the year 2050. All existing forms of blast furnace production and all existing forms of cement production will be halted by the year 2050, meaning that the construction industry has to radically change its production process. Or clothes, all naval shipping will cease by the year 2050. With the possibility of some shipping remaining sometime beyond uh, 2050, when freight ships have been equipped with nuclear onboard nuclear power, all consumption of beef and lamb will cease by the year 2050, and of course, all non-renewable energy production will cease by the year 2050. Incredible, unbelievable document. But the thing to keep in mind about this is they're saying this is a good thing. They they want this to happen. The end of industry, civilization as we know it. They are actively planning and working toward that right now in the name of saving the earth. They, this is the neo-feudal society that they want. I am not joking when they say they want you scrabbling to eke out an existence from the dirt. That is absolutely the vision of this neo-feudal future. The best... Thing about this, though, the 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 bright spot on the horizon is that it is cockamamie nonsense, and no one, when the actual rubber starts to meet the road no one actually wants that society, except for the very, very, very few at the very, very, very top, who know that they will be able to live like kings while we scrabble like peasants. And so, every time this actually starts to go into effect, and they really start to batten down the hatches, something happens. Uh, France, you get a little bit of a gas price, a fuel tax increase, and suddenly people are out on the streets, yellow vest, week after week, this protest movement that never seen the likes of before, or just from the headlines just this week, German Green Party embraces coal, LNG, and nuclear. Germany signaled a U-turn in key energy policies on Sunday, floating the possibility of extending the lifespans of coal and even nuclear plants to cut the dependency on Russian gas, part of a broad political rethink following Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. So it... Turns out, hey, actually, uh, maybe it's not a good thing if we're suddenly thrust into this neo-feudal future. Maybe uh, we'll bend the rules a little bit. So no one, no one with their head screwed on state really wants this world. But they, the the, the planners of this globalist society, truly do want it, and this is what it looks like: hobbling. Britain's own steel industry. Britain's government is on board with doing this because, hey, we got to meet these emission targets, right? Because we've got the global thermostat. We're dialing the temperature of the earth up and down. So we got to do it, guys. Nonsense. And hopefully the British people will wake up to the fact that they've been conditioned their whole lives to believe this propaganda nonsense and to know, no, this is not about saving the earth. This is about targeting you. Once again, it comes down to the war against you
0: so much for the golden future i can't even start so james how do you get people to go along with this is you have to teach them at their schools and at their media that people are dirty bad viruses and that killing yourself is good you know like the matrix documentaries you know humans are a virus and of course soylent green was set in the year 2022 It's going to be easy to close down a bunch of airports when they've already banned us from being allowed to go into them in the first place. Funny how that works. Even on a pop level, popular culture, pop culture, I like to call it, the media monarchy world. Like you're saying, so many, I've tracked this a lot. A lot of musicians, a lot of bands are cashing in and selling their entire catalogs Almost like their advisors know, it's all diminishing returns from here on. Cash in now, because it is downhill. Cash in, because it's going down tomorrow, as was once said. New World Next Week, episode 477, our third and final story, Submission Accomplished. Top pollster advises Democrats to declare victory over COVID and move on. January, a slew of Democrat governors finally ended COVID restrictions. February, a CNN medical analysis who previously compared unvaccinated Americans to drunk drivers, and has of course been in favor of strict mandates throughout the pandemic up until recently, said it was now appropriate to drop the mask mandates because quote, the science has changed. Garbage SNL can make fun of it now too, as funny as that ever is. However, another possible reason for liberals suddenly dropping COVID-19 restrictions could be an ominous warning to Democrats from a top pollster for the party. Impact Research is a polling firm that caters to the Democrats and progressive organizations, Biden, Obama, Hillary, Gretchen Whitmer, Rahm Emanuel, Planned Parenthood, Gates Foundation, George Soros, Open Society, the the usual suspects. Impact Research sent out a memo titled, Taking the Win Over COVID-19. The memo warns Democrats that continuing to press for COVID-19 restrictions could have disastrous consequences in the upcoming 2022 midterm selections. After two years that necessitated lockdowns, travel bans, school closures, mask mandates, and nearly a million deaths, nearly every American family finally has the tools to protect themselves from this virus. It's time for Democrats to take credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war. Point to important victories like vaccine distribution and providing economic stability to Americans and fully enter the rebuilding phase that comes after any war. The polling company instructs Democrats to, quote, declare the crisis phase of COVID over and push for feeling and acting more normal. We have the literal memo to the Democrats from Brandon's polling firm. Declare a win over COVID and move on. I suspect the CDC will get the memo here any moment we will include the pdf for you impact research covid positioning strategy memo to democrats it's like bush declaring mission accomplished oh by the way then 20 more years of endless wars by both fascist parties declare victory and then the biosecurity state never actually goes away james this is here it is this is how our yearly custom becomes an annual tradition Biden extends U.S. national emergency over COVID-19. That sounds weird flying in the face of the previous story I just read. President Joe Biden said the U.S. national emergency that was declared in early 2020 due to COVID-19 will extend beyond March 1st, citing what he called a risk to the public health and safety, adding that his office has determined that it is necessary to continue the national emergency declared almost two years ago. It all started with Trump's emergency declaration on Friday the 13th. I guess the ritual maybe requires it to go until at least then again, I guess. As of late last year, the CDC, Johns Hopkins University showed there were 60,000 more deaths under Biden than Trump. But of course, President Trump, as we've said, loaded the gun and Biden is pulling the trigger. Trump had declared a national emergency, which allowed the freeing up of about $50 billion in federal aid And James, I'm kind of reminded, like those JFK papers that would have come out had Trump not intervened, the COVID emergency would, of course, automatically been terminated unless within 90 days prior to the anniversary date of its declaration, the next puppet president continues it as they always have since 9-11. As I've said for this last year on this show and my own shows, my own shows using much, much more colorful language, They're going to try and act like they didn't foist upon us the greatest PSYOP in a couple of lifetimes. On one hand, the normie NPCs are uh, allowed to question things again. On the other hand, their party Fuhrer signs the renewal on the death notice. James, this one one really kind of gets me. This one really rustles my jimmies because it's so obvious
1: it really is and james you you know me by now we've been doing this over 12 years now so you know me i do what i do out of out of love and out of caring i love humanity i love this planet i love people and I want the best for humanity. That is why I do what I do and I warn about the dangers that are coming so that we can head them off. And I have, yes, even love and sympathy and empathy for those people who would deride us as crazy conspiracy theorists. Hey, I, I, I've I, been there. I was one of you many, many years ago before I woke up to the big agenda and fell down the rabbit hole. So I try to do what I do out of sympathy. But sometimes you need tough love. And I would say this is one of those times We absolutely need to apply tough love to those who would cut off other people from their lives because you weren't following the COVID rules and, oh, you didn't get backed up and you're not masking. Oh, I can't have you in my life anymore who are now going to come coming back and act like nothing happened and like, okay, we can hang out again. And all of this, they're going to try to buddy up. And I think that is probably not the best way to proceed. I think uh, the way to proceed is for those people Uh, who are now going to pretend like, oh, okay, now we can question things again, and now we can just go back to normal. They have to admit they were wrong before you can patch things up and mend those relationships. And this isn't an I told you so thing. This is, we cannot proceed forward in human society until you realize, until you admit and take responsibility for the fact that you were suckered, so that you will not be suckered again, because it will happen again and again and again. And every time, the government will take more and more and more under uh, powers under the new declared emergencies. And you have demonstrated that you will go along with it, and you will excommunicate others, and you will do... No, you're not doing it hard enough. You're not doing it the right way. So you have demonstrated yourself. If you participated in that, you have demonstrated yourself an active, ongoing threat to others around you. So you have to acknowledge that and make amends and apologize and all of that. But really, I mean, at the very least, just admit what you just went through and what you did. And I think until that happens, you can't just let these people just come back into your lives and, okay, let's go on as usual. No, no, there is no as usual at this point. Having said that, on the De- redeclaration of the state of emergency or reconfirmation, the infinite extension of the state of emergency. I don't. I've I've talked about that, for example, in episode four eleven on states of emergency. If people don't hasn't haven't seen that, I highly suggest if you want the legal, historical, philosophical background and context to that and why I think states of emergency are the new governance paradigm for the twenty first century. I suggest you check that out. But it does certainly point to the fact that. Yeah, okay, there's all sorts of things that are going on right now. And I won't say distractions, because they're all important. But we cannot take our eyes off of what the main prize was all along for this, which is the the forwarding of civilization-changing laws and, and uh, structures on the basis of this declared emergency. And uh, I'll give a hat tip and a thumbs up to the only I, I don't know. I can't. I don't see everything. But the only um, outlet that I've seen that has been actively covering this is Off Guardian. Kit Knightley has been writing about the WHO Global Pandemic Treaty that I've been warning. Hey, guys, they're meeting about a global pandemic treaty that they're going to start hardwiring this stuff into law. They're talking about renegotiating the IHR, the International Health Regulations that I've been talking about for years now. The, the, they signed in 2005 that the st- started the Public Health Emergency of International Concern. Now they're saying it doesn't have enough teeth and they're going to have to have international enforcement mechanism for it. Oh, by the way, they're starting this this process for standardizing global vaccine passports under smart health cards in the U.S., as they're called. This is all happening. And yeah, we are definitely going to take our eyes off of that and follow the next cookie crumb trail into some other part. Meanwhile, the main part of the operation of the past two years was to obviously introduce the mRNA and future vaccines to the public. Mission accomplished get the the state of emergency so that they can ramrod through anything they want, anytime, mission accomplished, and start the negotiations on the global pandemic treaty. So the WHO becomes this international police force, essentially, for the world that can dictate policies and institute international travel arrangements and vaccine passports and all of this, mission accomplished. So hey guys, let's not fall asleep on this. This is where the real action really begins of what the last two years has, has meant. And until people start admitting they were suckered and, and, and realizing what that means, anyone who went along with this have started the, along the path towards these horrible things that are coming in now. Until people admit and understand and go through the process of making amends for that, we can't even begin to have a conversation about how to stop and derail this
0: agenda. You didn't even mention, of course, all the financial chicanery that has to be done because of the super sniffle variant. What has to be done to the Internet? All of these things all still roll forward, and now they go, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. James' executive orders, at least here in the States, used to be a rarity. But as you said, the dawn of the 21st century, they are the norm. It is rule by executive order. From the minute the calendar turned over for baby Bush, And of course, the 9-11 security state agenda started 20 years ago, and now we're building on top of this. (sighs) That's kind of depressing. That's episode 477 of New World Next. I know, but what are you going to do? Do something about it then, people. NewWorldNextWeek.com is the store. It has all the current Corporate Report DVDs in stock. How and Why Big Oil Conquered the Earth, 9-11 Trillions, 9-11 War Games. Who is Dr. Bill Gates? And of course, the brand new one, Century of Enslavement. Folks might also have noted getting media monarchy stickers. We've been putting some stickers into the packages again, as I noted. I love doing it. I love being able to be the store for the for the kingdom, James. It's it's awesome. Um, what else? Oh, high-quality organic cotton t-shirts from Corbett Report. New Media Monarchy black shirts are now on their way as well. Plus, of course my new time radio play about Danny Casalero's Octopus. Uh, We can ship to New Zealand again, still not Australia. And now, of course, we can't ship to Ukraine or Russia. We do still have, of course, the post office box. We include that and all the links to all our important stuff always in your show notes. And if you didn't know, why not? I stream 40 hours a week of news, music, memes, and more at MediaMonarchy.com. James, that's new world next week, episode 477.
1: And one other thing to note, I, uh, people should know that you can sign up at the newworldnextweek.com dot com store to get updates when there's new, th- new stock added, like the new t-shirts or what have you, you can yep. sign up for that there. So yep. please avail yourself of that. I saw that in the comments for the t-shirt episode I did recently. So
0: anyway, it's, it's yeah. And the sign up, the sign up button, Brock can put in the the sign up button is just right up there at the at the top. You sign up and then you get an email that says, hey, this DVD's back in stock or, hey, we've got a brand new item in the store. That's the best way to keep keep abreast, James.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, let's keep abreast uh, every week here on New World Next Week. I hope you'll be back uh, next week and uh, looking forward to talking to you.
0: Yeah, buddy. Take care.